0: promised. you on Rise Firm in 60 minutes. Uh, thank you so much for having joined us. It has just gone two minutes after eight. The president on his uh, weekly letters that came out yesterday, he said that over the past two weeks, severe load shedding have disrupted our economy and caused extreme hardship for all South Africans. After more than a decade of electricity shortage, uh, pres- uh, I suppose the South Africans, meaning you and I, are right to feel frustrated and angry at times like this, can feel like there is no end in sight. That's what the president said. He concluded his letter by saying, there are no easy solutions to our electricity crisis, but we are committed and determined to explore every avenue and use every opportunity to ensure that we generate enough electricity to meet the country's needs. Yeah, seems like uh, the conversation around energy and power is topical. I mean, ESCOM announced different uh, load-shedding stages there. But I suppose let's bring in Tadema uh, Rocha, who's been at the helm of ESCOM for, yeah, as far as I remember, from 1995 all the way to 2009. He served in various structures, of, of which two years of the years he spent in ESCOM, he's been CEO there, former CEO of ESCOM. that Jacob joins us now. Tadde Jacob, very good evening to you. Thank you so much for your time good evening good evening you know having been with escom especially for those two years at the helm there's been varying reports of when exactly did the concept of load shedding start i mean was it really 2008
1: no no the concept of load shedding in power system operations it's a well-entrenched concept around the world and in escom um it's also well-entrenched Concept um, in the history of Eskom, there have been many durations of, of uh, power system problems where you need load shedding or you need other measures. So, but it's not, it is not a concept formed in 2008. No, mm, mm,
0: mm. I suppose in 2000, um, no, in 1998, government wrote the white paper with intentions to restructure the energy power sector. You know, the IPPs were amongst the talks at the time. 2022, IP, I suppose, IPPs are still at the center of the conversation on the refig- uh, maybe reconfiguring of our energy. Is it a fair analysis maybe to say that the blame, or we should level our frustrations at the government's door, is our government to be blamed for load sharing? Well, It's
1: a complex problem, um, but... I suppose the fact that um, ESCOM is a state-owned enterprise, government cannot um, shut its blame um, in terms of what didn't happen, what needed to happen. So, in a way, I think because the state-owned enterprise, the entirety of government mm-hmm. has to shoulder the responsibility of where we are. Um, but however, the... There there, there are many many dynamics. Um, We talk about IPPs, and we talk about the 1998 White Paper, Mm. um, which proposed the restructuring of the entire energy system, um, firstly to break up ESCOM into various parts from what it is and what it still was, as a vertically integrated entity. And it, it was in line with what is happening around the world where <clears throat> electricity utilities have typically been stayed out and vertically integrated. Vertically integrated meaning they own the entire bill chain of electricity. They generate, they transmit and they distribute. Mm-hmm. Um but so 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 the the, 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 the classical model was to break it up into generation, dis, uh, transmission, and distribution. So each part um, had to be separated because it has different business dynamics. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen in 1998. And, and in 1998, 1998 white people also envisaged that uh, independent power producers mainly making... For bringing into the power system the private sector to own and operate or um, generate electricity um, and, and 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 contribute to the power system, we mm-hmm. didn't have. It. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. Mm-hmm. I suppose then in 20, 2007. You briefed the Portfolio Committee on Minerals and Energy on the electricity pricing. You told the committee that ESCOM wished to maintain its position as the world's lowest electricity cost producer. On the same breath, why do you think it was the right call for ESCOM to have built Kusile, Medupi and Ingula instead of introducing IPPs then? Well, the,
1: the 1998 white paper in Business start ESCOM um, should not build the next capacity. And we had anticipated as a country that the next capacity would be required by 2007. And the government was that IPPs, meaning private capital, private expertise, should be procured to produce the next capacity. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen for many reasons. And one of the reasons is that when you have the lowest cost or the lowest price of electricity, you are very good to people who buy electricity from you. Mm. But as a country, you're not good to people who want to invest in the electric, electricity generation uh, because if the price is too low, the returns that you get from the electric generation is too low. So international capital look around the world. They're looking for good returns. And in electricity, good returns are always associated with high prices of electricity. Okay. So they didn't come. That's one of the reasons. The other reason, of course, is you needed, you know, for a significant capital to be invested in a country with regulatory and policy certainty. And we're not still not too sure how to bring IT in. So they didn't come. So in the end, the government says, look, we can see that the generation capacity is going to be short. So U.S. come, because you can't get ITPs, mm. go ahead and start planning and actually invest in the building of new capacity. That's, that's what happened with uh, Middle mm. uh, kusile and Ingula. Mm. It was an instruction by government based on the fact that the intended um, objective of getting ITPs. Was not coming, mm. so for energy security, they then instructed Eskom to go ahead and build new capacity.
0: Yeah, you're on the provincial conversation leaders. It's Rise FM, and you're Rise FM in 60 minutes. My guest this evening is former Eskom CEO Dadej Jacob Moraga uh, Maroja. Uh, he's speaking to us here on Rise FM in 60 minutes around the status of Eskom and how it can be salvaged. Dadej Jacob does the development of society equates to the higher demand for energy, and is the demand of energy higher now, and does ESCOM has the capacity to carry the country?
1: Yes, but the, the facts of the following is that the capacity or the demand for electricity has reduced for, for various reasons. Um, in two thousand and nine, so the the energy demand in two thousand and nine, when I left Eskom, was higher than it is now. Okay. But the generation capacity has grown. Mm. We uh, in two thousand nine, we just under uh, uh, forty thousand megawatts. Today, Eskom has got about around forty six thousand megawatts. And additional to that is the IPPs. We have, in the region, over 6,000 megawatts of IPPs additional to the 46,000 megawatts of ESCOM. So there's more capacity and there's less demand. So what is the problem? The problem is the performance of the ESCOM fleet has degenerated. Worsened. And um, the current problem is a direct correlation to the poor performance of ESCOM generation. That's why we're having um, a low chill. So so it's the poor performance, deteriorating performance of the current ESCOM fleet.
0: You know, as a public, we are often led to believe that renewable energy is going to maybe try to put an end to load-shedding? I mean, when we draw lessons from developed economies, are they also phasing out coal? Look,
1: there are immediate lessons to be learned. Um, firstly, let's talk about renewable. Renewable energy. So so, so, what is the intent with renewable energy? We now know with fossil fuels, particularly coal, they have an impact on climate change and that's an undistitulable fact. Mm, mm. Um, as humanity, we have emitted a lot of um, CO2 into the atmosphere and that is causing the rise of temperatures which we call climate change. And as a, as humanity, we need to reduce our emissions so that we don't have a climate change catastrophe. And therefore we need to look at energy sources that are non emitting and renewable energy solar, wind, uh, hydro and in some cases I think nuclear is going to feature as as a renewable uh, source because mm-hmm. it's non emitting. So that we, we don't continue to um, increase the climate change prices. However, there are technical and engineering challenges. So some of the advanced countries in the world, like Germany, have been leading the the, the charge in um, investing in more renewables, solar, wind, and other technologies, so that they minimize on their fossil fuels. But the latest crisis with Ukraine, because one of the things that um, Germany did was they increased gas um, usage, natural gas usage, uh, preferred gas usage compared to coal, because gas is a fossil, um, um, a fossil fuel. It, it it emits, but compared to coal, gas emits. 50% less carbon than coal. So so as a transition, you can prioritize gas compared to coal. But the lessons we've learned to run a modern economy with renewables alone. Um, uh, um, um, uh, Germany invested heavily in renewables. They didn't close down their fossil. Mm. They deprioritized it. But when the Russian war, Russian Ukraine war started, there was less gas coming to Germany, and it actually has put Germany into an, an economic crisis. Huh. And in fact, the Russian war and the gas flooding, and or the gas um, limiting of the gas to Europe by Russia, has caused the deepest economic crisis in Europe. Mm. And uh, so we begin to to learn that um, we don't have a solution to run a modern economy with renewables alone. Sure. And that's the lesson immediate lesson that we really need to to learn. And for South Africa the notion that we can switch off coal in preference of renewable mm. we now know it's not feasible.
0: Uh, both technical and commission yeah definitely, I suppose that particular um, um, submission you make there in, the, in Muroha, is that there are definitely disadvantages to even renewable energy as far as we can praise it for the positives of you know emission reduction, but i mean there's definitely are. Um, disadvantages into just shifting completely to renewable energies. I suppose, let's also maybe touch on this one. I mean, uh, Minister Kodan said that the lack of engineering and technical skills and experience in ESCOM remained a significant challenge. How much of a challenge is that actually is, particularly the lack of engineering or lack of skilled individuals in the power utility?
1: Well, I, I can't say I'm as intimately familiar with, with that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, clearly running a, a sophisticated uh, power system like ESCOM requires highly skilled engineering technical skills to run it efficiently. It may well be, you know, that, that there's been you no know, skill, you know um, exodus in 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 ESCOM, but I'm still convinced mm. that there's still enough critical skills to run ESCOM. Um, having been there for fifteen years, i I have met uh, many highly skilled people who are still in ESCOM. So I, I don't think it's a crisis, um, and I don't think it's the, the only cause of what we what we have now. Mm. One of the reasons, you know, about where we are is that there has been a a narrative that we can easily um, abandon our coal system and go to renewal. So, so Germany is teaching us that. You need both. You need to baseload, coal-based mm. generation capacity, but you, you need to complement it with renewables. And to an extent that the sun shines, the wind blows, you prioritize those sources so that you can limit on, the, on, your, on your emissions. Yeah. But you don't have to switch off the in the, in the fossil or coal-based Mm. Um, system, yeah. you in fact, in fact, Germany demonstrated that actually what they did, Germany, is, is that mm. they almost doubled their existing capacity with renewables, mm. uh, and and uh, and that's how they were balancing out. Yeah, um, so 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 that seems to be the lesson. And as we go further with our agenda of climate change. Those are the kind
0: of lessons and dynamics in Ukraine yeah. uh, Jacob, maybe let's wrap up with this one. I mean, I've seen that uh, on your social platform you, you say that you don't uh, subscribe to the notion that um, the 100 megawatt solar um, power and uh, 5,000 megawatt of battery storage, um, well, basically you hold a view that it is an engineering fiction. Why is that? No. You see,
1: there is a position held by people that to solve load shedding, we must procure 100, I think it's 10,000 megawatts of, 10,000 megawatts of renewable, meaning solar and wind. And we must procure 5,000 megawatts of battery storage. Now, firstly, as I've indicated, you cannot solve, you see, you see, at the moment, the current crisis is because there is consistently 15,000 megawatts in ESCOM. That is not operational because it's, it, you know, it, it's down or, or, or for various reasons. Mm. And and, and uh, <clears throat> that constitutes about 40% of ESCOM's current capacity. And, mm. um, we need to focus on that because 40%, uh, 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 40% um, equating to 15,000 is just
0: too much. Yeah. Dr. Jacob? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you and I have run out of time. And th- but I want to thank you, you know, for agreeing to chat to us. I mean... We are really a fan of, you know, some of your thought process that you disseminate on social platforms, particularly having being at the helm of ESCOM. It gives us a different view of what really the problem is, and we really want to applaud you and encourage you not to stop, you know, feeding the beast that is us, the nation of South Africa. really want to thank you. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you.
0: That was the, the former ASCOM CEO, Jacob Maroja, talking to us here on Rise of in 60 Minutes about the state of affairs as far as the party is concerned. He says that German is an example, case in point. We should learn from German that we can't automatically phase out coal completely because we need it to sustain the economy. Take a listen at this what the president, conversing for the votes in 2021, said he was speaking on his capacity as the nc
1: president okay manje no electricity no vote <laughs> no electricity no vote <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the president there saying, Of voters saying, "No electricity, no vote." <laughs> I'm reminded of uh, the president Jacob Zuma's laugh. Pardon me on Rise of Um in sixty minutes. Where the facts and opinions build the discourse. Rise of Um in sixty minutes with Moses Kosana.